welcome back. Two weeks removed from our last episode, Eric. Uh, we don't usually take that this long of a break, but I mean, with all the championships going on, I mean, it was just a hectic two weeks for me. I know you were busy trying to get settled there in Flagstaff, but we yeah. are back and it's episode 50, my friend. How are you doing? I am good. Episode 50 is crazy to think about. Um, almost probably been doing this about a year, right? Something like that. I think a um, little bit, maybe a little bit over a year, just something barely. Something like that, yeah. yeah. But so 50 episodes is pretty cool when you think about it. Um, thank you to everyone that's been listening this far. Uh, we're excited to keep going. Yeah, we're uh, we're hoping to to reach 100 episodes before Eric and I just want to kill each other. That's, um, yeah. That, yeah. If that's we can fair. get there, I'll be happy. <laughs> uh, we've got a good show ahead. Uh, we're talking champions. Um, the AIA spring sports season has officially wrapped up. Uh, we have some honors to hand out. And by that, I mean, just recognition. Of course, we don't actually choose, you know, like a take it easy, all conference team or anything like that. Eric and I are not, uh, not experts when it comes to that type of stuff. So, um, but nonetheless, we're going to be, uh, highlighting all the champions from baseball, softball, beach volleyball, Boys volleyball got in on some of the action, uh, track and field as well. We already highlighted tennis a couple weeks ago, but um, you know, just in general, we're going to be uh, going over all the teams that won championships. And to all the teams, regardless, fall, winter, and spring, congratulations. You got through a COVID year of sports. This was the craziest year ever. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it was, it was bizarre for us. Um, and, you know, I think... I don't know about you, but the last couple of weeks have been a little bit more relaxed, I think, especially, you know, the mask mandate has kind of dropped from the state. Now, granted, I'll still wear it out to schools unless I'm told I don't really have to, but uh, vaccines have started to roll out. So that's kind of helped in that aspect as well. But there's been a little bit more sense of normal, which is something I'm going to get into when we talk about the baseball uh, championship games. Um, but, you know, I don't know if you feel the same way up there in Flagstaff. I know it might be a little bit different, but yeah, yeah. Um... So I didn't end up at any of the championship games because none of the the Flagstaff teams made any of the championship games. Yeah. We had a few that got, you know, a little bit deep in the playoffs, um, but there wasn't any. So I didn't go to any of the big stadiums or anything and sit in the big crowd. So I don't really know. But in, in terms of what I was at, people were a little more relaxed. A lot of people have gotten vaccinated yeah. and whatever. So there's there's definitely a little bit more relaxation. Yeah. Exactly, which is obviously a welcome sight because we want things to be a little bit more back to normal. Um, and I mean, I don't know about you. I'm hoping by the time the fall rolls around, we're gonna have we're gonna have like huge crowds in the stands again for football and and, and, and so. girls volleyball for that matter. I mean, I would I would love to get girls volleyball back at ASU because I mean that was a great atmosphere before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, with that, Eric, let's you want to jump right into you know obviously naming off these champions. Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. So uh, we're going to start with baseball. Uh, 6A conference. The last game. So we are going to go in kind of reverse order here. But the last game of the baseball season. Uh, Liberty and Alhambra. How about those Alhambra Lions, man? What a good story. Knocked off top-ranked Hamilton in the semifinals. They're a Phoenix Union school who didn't even know if they'd be able to compete because of everything that had gone on with the winter sports and the spring sports. I'm sorry, in the fall sports, and they make a run to the championship game. I mean, how cool is that? 
it's awesome. Um, and it's not to take anything away from Liberty. Liberty was amazing this year. They they deserved yeah. to win this championship. Yeah. But Alhambra was just this crazy story. And we've talked about it um, a little bit on this podcast. A, uh, a Phoenix Union school, not sure what's happening. I would venture some of the baseball kids probably were going to try and play other sports throughout the year, at least a couple of them. Um, maybe they didn't have their football or basketball or whatever seasons that they wanted to do. Um, and then to make this run and ultimately came up short in the championship game to an awesome Liberty team. That's just been on fire, but you know, great for Alhambra. And then Liberty, um, Liberty just shut it down this whole year. They were amazing. Yeah. I mean, Liberty 10, nothing by the way, um, as far as the final score in that six, eight championship game, um, five innings is all it lasted. Um, but Liberty was just, man, I mean, they were, I don't want to say they came out of nowhere, but no one was really talking about them for, for that, I guess really the entire season. I mean, it was always Hamilton, Mountain Ridge, O'Connor. Yeah. And in no particular order there, except for maybe Hamilton at the top, but those three teams. And it's funny because, uh, O'Connor Mountain Ridge actually eliminated each other. Well, O'Connor, sorry, Mountain Ridge limit. I'm sorry, O'Connor eliminated Mountain Ridge. I'm getting mixed up now. Um, in the quarterfinals to to advance to uh, the semis to face Liberty, who obviously Liberty won that game and won the championship. But um, there's a lot of really good baseball out there in the uh, in the northwest uh, Northwest Valley. There, I know our friend Kevin McCabe calls it the Nopo area. Uh, I think he coined the term "cray cray" and Nopo, um, but it just I mean, Liberty in general, though, that school is I know it's been around, but they're on the rise in a lot of sports. I mean, basketball, they had a good season. Football, they almost knocked off Chandler in the semifinals of the open division. And now their baseball program is a champion. So, I mean, just a lot of good things happening up there. That's definitely true. Um, They have it's a big school, proud athletic program. Um, And then, you know, two seasons ago in football, they won the 6A championship. Yep. Over so, Mountain. That was a good they, game too, overtime. Yeah, that was a crazy game. Um, but yeah, Liberty is definitely on the rise in terms of, you know, a, a lot of their key teams and um, big, uh, big attractions for sports um, are doing pretty well. So I agree with you there. And we can we can't bring up Liberty and not talk about their rival, Sunrise Mountain. Uh, the Mustangs is the five seed in the 5A baseball conference made a run to the championship. And I mean, they ultimately lost to a very good desert mountain team, which I'll go into a little bit more in a second, because that's the game that I was actually there to cover. But um, sunrise mountains, another one of those teams there in schools that have always kind of been in the conversation for titles in various sports, but they don't always get the same recognition as, you know, maybe some of the East Valley teams do. Yeah. Sunrise mountain five, a champion in football um, dominated football. We're a quarterfinal team in 5A basketball, um, had an upset to get there. Um, Baseball team made the championship game, and uh, they just ran into a Desert Mountain team that was one of the best teams in the state, regardless of conference all year. And um, not much you can really do against that. Yeah, no, I mean, we're talking about a Desert Mountain team that has West Cath, who is in my, well, not even in my opinion, in the opinion of a lot of people who are more experts or have more expertise in this subject than I do, of course. Um, He is a potential first-round pick when it comes to the MLB draft in in July. So 
Um, but Luke Muller, um, junior there, uh, he also, I mean, he had, I think it was like two or three RBIs for Desert Mountain in that game. And what we, what I learned after the game, just talking to him, his grandfather passed away two days before the championship game. Yeah. So, I mean, just for him to, man, I mean, just to, to overcome that, to want to play in honor of his grandfather and to have the game that he did in honor of his grandfather. I mean, it was, just, it was, it was a magical moment for sure for, uh, for Desert Mountain and for Luke and just that entire school. It, it was a very good moment for them. Uh, speaking of good moments, one of my favorite coaches in Jeff Holland there at May, at a uh, Mesquite high school, he won a championship with the, with the Wildcats again. It, this was his fifth championship appearance. This one he did say was probably the most tense that he's actually coached in. Um, they beat South Point Catholic two to one in a rematch of the 2019 4A state title game. Obviously, that was the last championship. So, South Point Catholic was the winner in that one. The Lancers were defending their title against Mesquite once again, uh, but Mesquite got the better of them. In 2019, it was a four to three game. This year, two to one game. So, obviously, very two evenly matched teams, but. I mean, I, I was very happy for Coach Holland to get that win and for that Mesquite program as well. It, it, there's a lot of really good kids on that team. Yeah, I actually – I saw a little bit of South Point, um, and I was really impressed with them. So for Mesquite to beat them um, – because South Point uh, run – Mercy run – is it Mercy ruled? What's the uh, term for that? Run ruled? Run ruled? Run ruled Flagstaff um, yeah. in the quarterfinals, who I thought had a chance to, to compete – um, and so for that team to get beat um, in in a big spot like that says a lot about Mesquite. And I know you've covered them a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so that was, yeah, definitely a uh, impressive win there. And, you know, I, I've noticed one thing that maybe hasn't been brought up, but none of the in those three, none of the one seeds came out yeah. uh, as the champion, which is, I mean, it, obviously the seeding in a shortened season um, yeah. isn't everything because, you know, not everyone ends up playing each other because of the, um, the shortened season and less tournaments and everything. But, um, for it to be all technically upset victories is, is pretty cool. Yeah. And, and part of that, I think also has to do with the fact that it wasn't a double elimination this yeah. year. Um, it was all just single. Um, I don't, I can't remember exactly. I mean, it's been two years now. I can't remember exactly how the tournaments go. Um, I know it's like something like a winner's bracket on the top half and a loser's bracket. Then the loser's bracket can like play their way out of that back up to the winner's bracket. Yeah. And it's it's confusing, um, but it is double elimination in, in some rounds. So, um, you know, without that aspect, I mean, who knows? I mean, we both know how good Hamilton is. Yeah, we could be talking about Hamilton coming back after losing to Alhambra in the semifinals playing their way back into another game or two games and then winning the championship. Yep. That, um, yeah. That's absolutely right. So, I mean, you never, I mean, and, and maybe not, maybe Alhambra just was the better team. Um, you know, we don't know for sure, obviously, but that's why we have playoffs and that's why we yep. have, you know, champions and not everyone can be a champion. Um, I'm not a big fan of uh, participation trophies. If you, if you can't tell. I figured that. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of that, when is your when is your football playoffs? That's got to be soon. Uh, right? For me personally, from for my team that I'm on, yeah. Um, so we are actually in the semifinals this Saturday. Dang! Look at you. Yeah. So we are. We're currently eleven and zero. 
So we're we're trying not to be Gonzaga. That's fair. Yeah. So uh, we're playing a team who we obviously beat in the regular season, but we had to go to overtime to do it. Ooh, now, granted, that was fun, that was the third game of the year. So I think we've improved since then. Obviously, they have too. Um, but you know, I mean, we'll see what happens. It'll be, yeah, it'll be right. fun. So, um, actually, all the teams that are left because th- we had like two conferences, and we only played like one team. I think from the other conference, which wasn't very good. So, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Fair um, enough. <laughs> but to your point, yeah, um, you know, the one seed in six A was Hamilton. They lost in the quarterfinals. Uh, 5A, the one seed was, wasn't it? Yeah, Millennium. And they got beat in the quarterfinals by Castile, the eight seed. And that game wasn't even close. Nine to zero. Nearly a run rule game there as well. Uh, 4A, Canyon Del Oro. <laughs> wow. They, uh, they started the playoffs with a 20 to nothing win and then lost in the semifinals to South Point Catholic, who obviously yeah. ended up losing by one, one run to, uh, to Mesquite. But, um, you know, to your point again, I mean, even if you look at 3A, Sabino, the four seed, it, they upset number one Valley Christian in the semifinals, went on to win the championship over Odyssey Institute, which was the two seed, which makes me th- want to look closer at 2A really quick. And okay, so Scott Still Christian, the one seed, did make it to the championship. They did not win, though. They lost to number two Benson. Yeah, so. Benson Benson was in the final for both softball and baseball. Yep. Um and which is pretty cool for two A for a school to have something like that. Yeah, and I want to say the the Benson baseball came team came with like some controversy because I think now I don't quote me on this. I think one of the opponents that they played actually played an ineligible player, so they had to forfeit. I don't know. That, at least that's what I heard. I didn't really look too much into it, but um St. David, the one seed in the 1A conference, was the only top seed that actually won the championship this year. And they did, it, they did it in a 9-8 win over number three, Ray. So, some good baseball down there yep. in the lower conferences. Uh, yep. Let's take a look at the softball champions. Um, and again, congratulations to all the baseball teams that did uh, win, obviously, the, the championship this year. Congratulations to the runner-up and also the... Uh, you know, all the teams really just for getting through the season in general. Um, Red Mountain made a magical run in 6A softball. <laughs> I mean, man, uh, what were they? The uh, the number seven seed. Um, and I actually remember seeing them. I went out to a practice to do a story on their two assistant coaches. And I was talking to their head coach, Rich Hamilton, for a little while. Um, and he was just telling me how he had hoped that they would just get a home game for the playoffs. He wanted just one home game. Well, they got two. Well, yeah, they got two. They got a semifinal after they went and beat Chaparral in the opening round. They traveled to number two Hamilton, beat them 7 nothing, and then returned home for the semifinals to beat number 11 Shadow Ridge. Um, then, which was kind of weird in my opinion, but they had to go down to Tucson to play Xavier. Um and that one, you know, Xavier is just a very, very good team. That ended up being a ten nothing game in five innings, in favor of the uh, of the Gators. But nonetheless, great run by uh, Rich Hamilton and the Red Mountain team. Yeah, Xavier, um, Xavier was just dominant in the playoffs. They the quarters, semis, and final they run rule one. Um, weirdly, their only 
game that wasn't by run rule was the one versus 16 against Cibola. They won um, 8-1 in that one, which is still a pretty dominant win. But, um, you know, to run through the playoffs like that is pretty impressive. And Xavier is always a great softball team. So um, good for them for winning. Awesome run by Red Mountain, though. I bet that makes you happy being a huge Yuma fan. That's right. Yeah. Um, Eric, you and I have talked about these two teams in the 5A before on several occasions because of just how dominant they were all year. Are you at all surprised that Willow Canyon and Canyon View matched up in the championship game? Absolutely not. Two best teams in 5A softball all year. Um, good for Ironwood Ridge for making it to the semifinals, a 14 seed. That's pretty yeah. impressive. Um, they beat Sunrise Mountain, who's a tough squad to get there uh, in the first round and then took on Millennium, winning both of those by one run. Uh, but Canyon View, we've talked about them, but we can't talk about them enough. Getting to this point um, and competing for a championship in you know, uh, however many years the school's been around, one or two, um, and played varsity athletics is super impressive. But Willow yeah. Canyon, Willow Canyon deserved this. They were the one seed. They were awesome all year long. Um, and it was those two teams. So not surprising that Willow Canyon dominated like that. Yeah. Um, I would even go as far as to say that those two might be better than some of the 6A teams. Yeah, I would agree. They would play... Um, it, 5A and 6A, sometimes there's a big discrepancy, but I think in this year in softball particularly, they were they were up there. They were pretty close. I would honestly argue that the only sport that there's maybe a difference would be football. I'd say basketball too. Um, That's true. Yeah. So the high-end basketball can compete like we saw um, St. Mary's. Yeah. yeah, we saw Millennium and then – um millennium a couple years ago i meant with like duran and all those guys yeah absolutely and the millennium girls too yeah same Um, thing Mm -hmm. and the we saw saint mary's and paradise honors both played awesome games against sunny slope who won the 6a championship yeah both of those came down to you know last possession at least the paradise honors had a uh, a chance to beat sunny slope it was a one-point game i believe when those two played St. Mary's beat up on Mountain Point, who obviously barely lost to Sunny Slope in the championship. Yeah, so it was um, the there's a few high end teams, but I think the depth overall, like the the ten seed in six A, is better than the ten seed in four A. I just put a random number out there. But, yeah, um, but in baseball, like it, it's similar. Like these top ranked teams in four through six A are all pretty good. Yeah, and not only that, but I mean, I feel like on any. Actually, no, maybe not. I was going to say on like any given day with baseball, I mean, you could, or and softball for that matter, you could honestly just have a really good day at the plate or a really bad day. But you also have to have good pitching and good defense in general. So that really kind of takes away my point. But yeah, you get get one hot pitcher, though. um, Yeah. In any day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Looking at the 4A bracket for softball, South Point Catholic, what a shock. They were in the championship as the one seed, and they did win by one run against Vista Grande, a team from uh, good old Casa Grande there. Um, 3A, number one, Sabino, another Tucson team, beat number three, Payson, for the 3A uh, conference championship. 2A, it was the River Valley softball program. I can't remember their mascot all the time. The Dust Devils. The Dust Devils, that's right. I knew it was something like that. I was I was going to try to be fancy with it, and I totally messed that one up. 
Uh, but they did beat Benson. Obviously, Eric mentioned Benson already. They were in the uh, 3A, or I'm sorry, 2A baseball championship as well. Yeah, and and River Valley, I think, honestly, even though they were the three seed, they might have been the best team all year. They had a uh, they had a weaker schedule, and they went undefeated, but only got the three seed because they run-ruled yeah. so many teams that were, you know, small schools and small areas that just didn't have a lot of talent. Um, so they were underrated a little bit for that. But, I mean, they they just were run ruling everyone all year. Um, the, the farthest Flagstaff team, uh, the farthest any Flagstaff team went, um, in terms of the, um, in terms of team sports was the Northland prep girls, uh, number two got to the semifinals and they had been amazing all year. They'd only lost one game the entire season. Um, and then they went and played river Valley and just got smoked. Um, that says something about how good River Valley was. So yeah. um, they won 15-1 in the semis and then beat really their only competition, Benson, 3-2. Yeah. Did you have – well, you you had some good uh, – we'll, we'll get to track, obviously. But you had some good performances on in track from Flagstaff. Yeah, Center. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but in terms of like a, a tournament bracket style, Got it. Um, okay. that was the best team. Northland Prep had some really good track athletes, though, too. Yeah. Uh, 1A softball, number one, Williams beat number three, San Manuel, for the championship. Um, Eric, let's touch on beach volleyball because this was another situation where we saw Xavier Prep, for the most part, dominate. Uh, they won the Division One Pairs championship. That was Serena Turner and Summer McCann. And then you look at the team championship and Xavier, the number one seed, beat O'Connor four to one. So Xavier pretty much sweeping division one. Are you at all surprised? Not even a little bit. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> They're great every year. <laughs> they, I, uh, 2019, they beat Perry in the championship. So they are technically repeat champions. Yep. Yeah, they they don't always win, but they're always right there. Yeah, same thing with, with uh, indoor volleyball, too. Yep. And basically every sport that xavier competes in so that's right um division two pairs it was the uh the pair of mackenzie wise and reagan hope from northwest christian they won the state championship over guess who a pair from south point catholic you know as if we haven't mentioned them enough and speaking of south point catholic they actually won the team championship four to one over number six valley christian um again i'm not that surprised by that south point catholic was the number one team all year long um mesquite actually challenged them in the regular season i think that was a very i think it's like a one game match um for those that don't know volleyball i guess that doesn't really make a lot of sense but so three two it's it's essentially like a one point game basically um and then south point actually had to go through mesquite again in the semifinals but they beat them four to one that time so a little bit uh more of a dominating performance um and the team they beat valley christian um, just re- relating it back to the Flagstaff team, they beat Coconino in maybe the best beach volleyball match I've ever watched. Um, it came down. So Coconino was the number three. They played at home. Um, they split the first two and then their ones pair split the first two sets and Valley Christian, their ones team ended up winning. I think it was like 15, 10 in the final set of the final match. Um, to win three, two, and then go on to the championship game. So that was, I mean, that was amazing. And you mentioned the, um, the Northwest Christian girls, they just have been dominant for ever. 
uh, in indoor volleyball. And those two, um, the, the two you mentioned were a catalyst to their indoor team that won, I think like three championships indoor in a row. Um, so they've, they've been amazing. Um, so it's not surprising that they were able to, to win the pairs championship there. I've always wondered how does the game transition from indoor to outdoor? Like, is it, is it easy or I mean, obviously I don't know. Well, it's, it's a totally different game. honestly. Um, because you're not able to move as much yep. and you don't get as much power because you don't jump as high and the it isn't as easy to put a perfect set in when you don't have a designated setter and six people on the court. It's a completely different game. And obviously, if you know how to hit the ball, you know how to hit the ball. But um, it's it, it's a completely separate sport. I have to imagine that you get like extremely tired trying to like lift your legs throughout the sand right oh yeah absolutely the points don't usually last as long because of that um because there's so much more space so it's about getting one or two good hits instead of you know just slamming the ball as hard as you can yeah Hmm. and that's that's a really beginner's way of putting it yeah yeah, no i get it i get it i get it it. but yeah coconino is they're decent at indoor volleyball but they're nothing that special but they, you know, they had a pair go to the quarterfinals and they made the quarterfinals as the three seed going undefeated all year. Um, so it says something when a team can do that consistently, but um, not be as great indoors. I have to imagine how funny it would be if Coconino's beach volleyball team had like a little bit of snow on the court while they were trying to play a match. They had to start games earlier than other teams because... They needed the as much sun as they could um, for their home game. So everybody else would start at 4.30, but because it was limited warm time and warm weather, um, they had to start at three, an hour and a half earlier. But like, wouldn't that be funny, though, Like if there's just snow? Oh, yeah, it'd be ridiculous. And that actually happened. <laughs> I did a couple stories on the team, um, and they would talk about how early in the season, especially, you know, like, uh, what, it probably start March? Um, yeah, normally, so, yeah. In March, they sometimes had the sand would be frozen a little bit, um, mm. and they'd have to wait for it to thaw out and like go run around or watch film or something. So you're yeah. right, that did happen. Um, so yeah, it is funny to think about, but it happened. So in, it, it, when that is the case, do they wear like jackets to play? It's a good question. I never saw it, um, but I would I would think you that you couldn't wear like your uh, tank top and shorts because that's just you know that would be too cold of dress um for that situation well and like i just i just imagine that it would be harder to move if you have to wear a jacket but if it's that cold obviously you're gonna freeze yeah i just wonder um i guess it depends on how how much you're moving um because you can be in the coldest weather but if you're moving a lot you can still stay semi-warm that's true that is true um eric before we move on to uh the other champions what do you say we uh give our sponsor a little plug here let's do it all right uh everyone knows papa hinojosa and everyone knows that they need insurance so why not let him and his company help you out uh aall.net they have been arizona focused for almost 40 years now which is crazy um they have over 30 valley locations they can service you for auto home and commercial needs uh eric always brings this up so i'm gonna steal his line but i mean essentially 
you know, we're talking about this is essentially a high school sports show in many ways. We're talking about a lot of brand new drivers who will need insurance. Why not let AALL.net do the shopping for you? It's easy. It's got great prices. It's got more than 20 different carriers. I mean, what else do you need to hear from that? Give them a call, 602-233-3333, or visit them at AALL.net. That's it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you did take my line. I know. That's why I was kind of waiting to see what you were going to say, just to kind of like, you know, if you had like something clever up your sleeve. But uh, You know, I, I would normally, but since it's a, a sponsor and something that like actually – uh, is serious. I didn't want to make a joke. That's a good point. Okay. I like that. Um, boys volleyball, Eric. Uh, Perry was pushed to the brink. Absolutely. I mean, they were literally pushed further than they have been pushed all season long. This is a team that, uh, you know, aside from the championship game on, on May 15th, they had never given up two sets to a team. But O'Connor was essentially 25 points away from beating Perry three to one, actually, because they had a two nothing or two to one lead in that match. But Perry came yeah. back and won. I mean, the, I mean, they're number one in Arizona and number one in the country for a reason. Yeah, they I mean, they were super talented all year and we've talked a little bit about them. Boys volleyball doesn't get as much coverage as some of the other sports, but Perry was special. Um and it shows a lot of character, both from them and um, from, you know, the, the other team getting to two games, um, getting two games out of them and fish, pushing it to a fifth is is pretty cool. Well, and O'Connor is one of those teams, too, that's always good at volleyball. Yep. So, I mean, I'm not really that surprised that they were there. Um, you know, Highland was also a team in the mix. They were very good this year. Um, I mean, just overall, there's a lot of really good boys volleyball programs and including Castile in 5A who swept Cienega 3-0. I mean, just a dominating year for Castile and a dominating performance in the championship. Um, and, you know, I think it in many ways, and this is something I kind of thought about uh, maybe just a couple days ago, Castile, how much success they've had this year in pretty much every single sport. I mean, they're in the mix everywhere. It's almost, you know, it's almost like a like a bittersweet thing because Dr. Camille Castile is retiring after 50 years of service. So it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, she is now seeing all of these schools, or I'm saying all, all these teams from a school that's literally named after her have all this success. And, you know, I mean, next year she'll be able to kind of take it all in without having to worry about the admin duties. Uh, yep. So... You know. She can just enjoy it. Exactly. But it, it is pretty cool, though, to see how much success Castillo is having. You know, and this is something we've also talked about in really just a few years. Yeah, it's really not like when you think about it, it hasn't been around all that long. No. Um, and for all these sports to do so well, the soccer teams have been great. Oh, man. Football's been great. Um, now, boys, volleyball, basketball is on an upward trend. Um, they're they're solid. They've got athletes. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the soccer programs. I mean, the girls and the boys are literally just two of the best teams in the state, regardless of conference. Yeah, no, they're great. Castile is, and that old area is only getting more populated. That school's only going to keep growing in terms yeah. of getting good talent to go there. And speaking of another school in that area, 
ALA Queen Creek football champions a few years back. Um, you know, perennial contender in a, a bunch of different sports. Yeah, they were um, the basketball 4A champs yep. or 3A champs a couple years ago. Yep. And uh, this year they were the 4A boys volleyball champs. They beat Northwest Christian 3-0. Another uh, kind of, I mean, in, in volleyball terms, a blowout. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Getting a sweep in the championship game is is very meaningful. Yeah, Northwest Christian, I'm looking at the scores right now. They came uh, the closest in any of those games they were in was seven points. So yeah, I, I would consider yeah, I would consider that a dominating performance. Yeah. Uh, speaking of domination, Eric, you might know where I'm going with this one. Is anyone going to knock off Chandler boys and girls track? And like when like when will it happen? I think didn't didn't Desert Vista used to be right up there? I know they were high again this year, but I thought the boys used to be, you know, right there maybe they are. three or four years ago. They are up there. But in terms of the girls, now Desert Vista is also up there, but Chandler has won Chandler's been, like they've won like just an astronomical amount of championships in the last yep. like tw- like 20 years. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Um they are absolutely dominant they're as dominant in that sport as they are in football which is it may be more well which is crazy i think because the 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 girls track team has more championships than the football team like a lot more (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely they're they're incredible um and track is weird because like you have your individual champs as part of the the team champs but um it's it's incredible man the uh just the amount of great athletes at that school in general, and a lot of them get together to yep. be in um, the to be in the tr- on the track team is is great. Yeah, and you know, just to keep going off of that, um, Chandler won in twenty nineteen, and the boys. This is the boys. Chandler won in twenty nineteen. They repeated technically as champions this year. Uh, Desert Vista was the runner up in uh, this year. Highland was the runner up in 2019, and Desert Vista was third place in 2019. Uh, the Thunder did win in 2018, like you already mentioned. They also won in 2015, but 16 and 17, both Chandler. Yep. So, and if you even look further than that, Chandler won in 2012, and I want to say in 20, who won in 2010? Chandler did. So the last 11 years. That is what one, two, three, four, five, six championships for Chandler boys. It's impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, the amount of athletes at the school, and that was even before the football team really took over in Chandler. And by that, I mean, took over Hamilton and, you know, when they really became the Chandler that we know today, that was before then, like the, the track team's dynasty started before that. Yeah, no, they were um, they were incredible, and they're going to remain good for a long time. And you know, just to keep going with the girls, I'm I'm trying to count it up right now. So, oh man, it's gonna take a second here. Oh man, oh man, yeah, yep. I'll just tell you a couple while you're looking at that, a couple things that were kind of cool that yeah, I saw. Go for it. Um, you know, I, we, everyone loves the 100 meter dash. Um, there were some really awesome guys, but defi- particularly D2, um, there was a ton of, um, the, in the boys that are football players, 
guys that are um, we would recognize the name of. So Dominic Brister from Centennial, I'm not sure if he played football or not. He won the 100-meter dash. He ran a 10-6, which is great for a high school runner. But right behind him was the quarterback from Ironwood this year, Will Haskell, yep. um, San Diego State commit. Behind him was DeHaven Valentine, Desert Edge, who's going to be a college football player. And behind them, uh, in fourth, was Isaiah Newcomb, speaking of Castile. Um, so some really great football players running, in, in particular in the D2 um, one. So that, that's cool. Yeah, and I mean, just to go off of that, and by the way, uh, really quick with the girls, 14 state championships since 2006. That's when That's, their uh, quote-unquote dynasty started, and they literally have they, – they've gone back-to-back several years in a row. Yes. So Yeah, that's impressive. Um, but, you know, speaking uh, in terms of the boys and, and the football players aspect like you just mentioned, um, you know, I think just about every member except maybe one of the Chandler uh, 4x1 relay team was or is a football player i mean we're talking eli sanders we're talking junior who uh for those of you that know who junior is you'll know junior um i mean i think tyson Tippett, like i said is the only one that might not be on the football program i can't remember exactly i have to go look at the roster but um he actually might have been i can't remember now i wasn't prepared for to talk about the football aspect but um but no yeah i mean even beyond that i mean uh, Desert Vista, they did have Michael Allison, who uh, is just blazing fast for a sophomore. Um, Devin Grubbs, unfortunately, did not run the 4 by one because he did have a late injury. Uh, but Marlon Hawk, I mean, he is Desert Vista's kicker, and he is probably one of the most athletic kickers I've ever seen, ever. I mean, this kid... I, it was funny, I was talking to him, and I was like, why don't you play something else? And he was like, I wanted to, but my mom wouldn't let me. So, uh, <laughs> so mom got in the way. Fair of, enough. Uh, Mom's hey, told him what to do. You don't hey, argue. Exactly. And then Luke Stallis too. So he, he's a, just a, my, I mean, I, I saw him and just from the difference from 2019, I mean, this kid literally looks like a linebacker now or a defensive end. Now he also was going to come out as a kicker. He played soccer for desert Vista. He's going to come out as a kicker for the football program. Ended up not really liking it. But according to David Klecka, who served really his last season now as uh, as track head coach there at Desert Vista because he's stepping into uh, the athletic director role, he said that he just got bored over quarantine and they had a gym in the garage and he literally bulked up like crazy. Um, Good for him. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, just get bored and just go lift weights all day. Like, <laughs> what a life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... But yeah, I mean, there are so many, I mean, we, we even didn't even get to see some, some football athletes even run. I mean, Cron Adams was hurt. Uh, Cole Martin was hurt. And speaking of Martin, Corey Martin, his little sister, I know I've brought them up before. I did a story on them. Oh my goodness. Like I She's saw her, I saw her at practice. I didn't really see her do anything, but Cole literally told me, he's like, just watch. Just wait until you see her actually compete at state. And I went out to the the spring jamboree for Hamilton, and Cole came right up to me and said, "I told you so." And yes, Cole, you told me so. Corey is going to be a problem in every event that she competes in for the next three years. I would not be surprised surprised if she ends up being one of the best female track athletes to ever come out of the state. She is that good as a freshman. Absolutely, that's great. Um, it's insane. Love seeing greatness like that. 
Yeah, and and she I think she took silver in the 100 hurdles behind uh, Westwood senior Ronnie Turner. So you know Westwood Warriors stand up, get another little. In the words of Kevin McCabe, represent in uh, in in West Mesa. I don't know what his uh, abbreviations would be. Uh, Weme, Weme, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he. <laughs> I don't think he said that, but he should have. But um, you know, it was funny too because I, I was talking to Cole and I was like, "Man, I was gonna go, you know, interview Corey, but she just looks so mad." And he's like, "No, she wasn't mad. She just competes in like four events, or she has to get mentally prepared for the next one." I was like, "Oh, that's true." <laughs> <laughs> so and then he was like you know on second thought she's a competitor like me it's just you know in the family so she might have been a little bit mad because she wanted to win everything and i was like yeah i, I could see that so for um, sure but being just, a silver uh, medalist as a freshman is pretty impressive um yeah especially when you're great ahead yeah especially when you're racing you know seniors and juniors yep. and you know man um but nonetheless i mean just a a, a really good I saw three days worth of track events. I saw Wednesday, Thursday, and then Saturday. Um, just a, you know, I mean, it was just, again, it was almost like a sense of normalcy because a decent sized crowd, the parking situation sucked. I had to park in a neighborhood. Yeah. Um, Been there. So, um, but I mean, just in general, I mean, it was just so fun to see them all compete again. And everyone that I talked to was just thankful especially the guys and girls that obviously didn't get to compete last year. They were just thankful to have that opportunity. Um, Yeah. Um, In except for the, you know, the studs, like you're talking about um, a freshman doing that. Well, most of the, most of high school athletes, you know, they kind of wait for their junior and senior season to be the starters or the, the top people on the team. Um, And so a lot of them, a lot of the seniors this year, um, in these spring sports, we're kind of ready to, you know, take over as leaders, take over as starters um, yeah. for their junior season, maybe be on varsity for the first year after playing a freshman in JV season um, and had that taken away. So um, for them to get a senior season at all was was great. Um, exactly. For them. Exactly. So and, and a lot of them made the most of it. Uh, Red Mountains four by 800 meter relay team. I think three of them are seniors. One of them is a freshman, actually. One of them, actually, believe it or not, I mentioned him earlier. Uh, Rich Hamilton, the head softball coach at Red Mountain, he saw his senior son win that relay race. So pretty cool. And he's going to go off to, I believe it's, um, where is it? I think it's Colorado, Colorado Springs to continue his uh, his track and field career and cross-country awesome. career. So pretty cool. Um, I remember I was, I was interviewing him and Rich called me. He's like, Hey, I just saw you talking to Joseph. Thank you. I was like, no, don't thank me. Like you should be proud. And he's like, I'm he a proud dad. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> just, uh, really cool. And that was a couple of days before, you know, he had to coach his girls to, a to a, in the state championship game. So, um, really good weekend for him too, even despite the outcome of the softball team, he was really proud. So. I want to give a shout out. Um, we we don't talk much Division Four, and for mostly because we don't cover a lot of the Division Four. Yeah. Um, but I said it before. Northland Prep um, was was amazing at um, track and field this year, especially the girls. Um, they had a girl, a junior named Sydney Sventek, um, just an athletic specimen. She won four state titles at track um, this wow. year for Division Four. Um, Long jump, hurdles, and I'm trying to remember. She was part of the um, she was part of a relay team that also won. And I'm trying to remember what her 
other uh oh she won the 100 meter hurdles and the 300 meter hurdles and then the long jump um wow. and then was part of a um four by relay that was that one first place so that was i mean incredible for someone to do that well in that many things eric you know since you live up there now and you cover those teams you don't have to say oh i want to give a quick shout out we can start dedicating entire segment to flagstaff sports man that's true come on I mean, <laughs> so the thing is that flagstaff and coconino overall the two big high schools really didn't show out that well um in the in the in the uh track championships even in the distance events because yeah mean, they didn't send all that many um uh, i'm not sure what the deal was yeah but we did have um uh, i shouldn't say none of them did well the boys division three uh pole vault championship was grant hageman from um coconino and third place from the same team was Mason Palmer, who's a junior, um, took third with. So he should be the guy that should be the favorite um, for pole vault division three next year because the two on top of him were um, were seniors this year. But, you know, they just they didn't have that many amazing finishers. Um, got it. And they've got a Flagstaff High is a few that are in the upcoming uh, decathlon, heptathlon. Um, so maybe they'll do better there, but they just, they didn't fare as well as, um, as expected. That's okay. Come the fall, you'll be able to write championship stories on Flagstaff and cross country. Yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a hard time believing that I'll be seeing some success running wise from them. Yeah, exactly. Um, Eric, before we wrap things up, Suns Lakers Tuesday night, who you got? I've got the Suns. I like it. Um, I don't know, but I like the Suns. They played so well in that first game. Um, it all depends on if Chris Paul is actually healthy, how he can dribble and everything. But if he's healthy, I like them. That brings me to a point. Now, people might get mad at me for this. If it truly was a stinger, do you know how many times I've had a stinger in football and have stayed in the game? I think a stinger is such a broad term. Okay. Like a stinger isn't an actual injury. It just means something hurts and the different pain thresholds and everything is, it's hard to say. You're right. Maybe they just don't want to say what it actually is. Maybe it was worse than it was, or maybe it hurt a lot at first and went away, but I feel you. Yeah. I mean, I just, when I heard stinger, I was like, Hmm, really? Like that's it. But, yeah, I mean, they they also may have just been trying to hide things. So yeah, yeah, for sure, it's hard to tell. So, um, I mean, at NBA least is, they they yeah. they do everything they can to be coy about injuries. Well, and at least personal. at least he actually had an injury, whereas you know LeBron, I don't know what he was doing. Do you see? Yeah, and videos? LeBron LeBron's an amazing player, but he's become a little bit of a a funny watch. Um, yeah, in terms of how he reacts to things. Yeah, that uh. And then I actually saw a video where it was like, (laughs) um, he obviously had his arm wrapped with, with Chris and I I mean, he didn't even like pull it or anything. I don't even know what happened, but he goes down into a heap on the floor. Then a scuffle breaks out. 
So he moves over to where the scuffle was and then collapses on the floor again. Yeah, he had to, his <laughs> moment was taken away from him. There could have been that whole, is LeBron okay moment? But instead it, it was the scuffle. So what's, what's, really, the attention. what's really funny is I thought when he got up from initially collapsing on the floor that he started like limping. I was like, oh, geez, here we go. But he didn't yeah. actually do that. That would have been hilarious, though. That would have been funny if he started um, limping. And he's like, oh, wait, it was my shoulder. I don't have to limp. <laughs> Oh, man. There was a kid. I used to play tennis. um, And this kid, I remember he was a couple years younger. And he was decent. But he loved, like, for whatever reason, loved to act like he was hurt. Um, Okay. And Thomas, I won't say your last name. But um, if you are listening to this, I haven't talked to you since I was, like, a freshman in high school. (laughs) So I think it'll be okay. But um, he would, one day, similar to this, he fell and he hurt his elbow. Uh, he scraped his elbow a little bit. Um, I think it was either he fell or he was diving for a ball on the hard court. And diving in tennis is rough. You almost always get a scab yeah. if you do. Because um, you're basically diving on the concrete. But he he did that. And he got up and his elbow was bleeding a little bit. But he started limping. Um, <laughs> and one of, the, one of the instructors was like, Thomas, you didn't hurt your leg. Why are you limping? He goes, oh. And then he just starts walking regularly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I think I think I've told this story before on here, but when I was super young in Pop Warner, uh, we scored, and I was kind of jogging off the field, and I kind of like jumped up in the air to like celebrate with my team. And when I came down, there was like a small little pothole that like I I hit, I guess, and I like fell, and like I wasn't actually hurt, but I think I was more embarrassed, so I like started limping, thinking like, oh, you know, people would just think that I hurt my knee or something, right? Yeah. Um, so kind of the same situation. I think you have told me that story. Before. I think I did too. I feel like, but I at have. least it was like you fell and it was your leg yeah. as opposed to scraping your elbow <laughs> and limping. I get up and start holding my wrist. Yeah. <laughs> or my shoulder. Ah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Classic Peter, family guy. Peter Griffin. Yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> Man, Eric, uh, I can't tell you how good it was to be back. Uh, two weeks was a long time off. I mean, I think it was kind of needed, at least for me, because I was so busy. But, yeah, um, you know, uh, for those of you guys listening, uh, we, uh, we're we going to get back on a regular schedule uh, going yeah. forward. So don't worry about that. We got, you know, obviously the Suns are in the playoffs. So we'll have plenty to talk about. Spring ball is, is or, well, I guess summer ball at this point is starting up. So. Uh, there'll be things for us to uh, definitely talk about. And if not, then Eric and I will definitely figure something out. Yeah, um, that's right. But with that being said, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure to give us all a follow on Twitter at Zach Elvira, at Uniman Rights, at AZHSFB, and at Arizona Varsity. Thank you once again to our sponsor, AALL.net. And until, uh, until next time, we will uh, talk to you then. Eat your vegetables. Eat your vegetables.